Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friends and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus program. This series is brought to you by Think Red Ink Ministries. I'm your host, Don Harris. Listen, I would love to hear from you if you're enjoying this series and I'd like to know who you are, where you live, who you're listening to, or what station you're hearing this this broadcast on, whether it's TV, whether it's radio, whether it's the internet. I, I need to know those things. We like to spend the Lord's money wisely. Every dime that comes into this ministry comes to us by way of tithe. People understand tithing that are a part of this ministry, and uh, we, we consider every dime that, is, that we are in charge of that they belong to him. We want to make sure they're spent wisely. So um, we would uh, love to hear from you. You can email me quickly, don at thinkredinc.com, and I can get your email. I'd love to hear uh, who you are. If you have questions or comments about the, about the broadcast or even questions in general, I'd be glad to help you. Let's get back to our reading. We're reading from chapter 54 in our book called The Words of Jesus. And um, Jesus is having a discussion. This is all from the book of John, by the way, my favorite gospel. Um, and uh, and he's, he's having difficulty getting some of his points across people. And he's just totally baffled sometimes that they don't get it. How is it you don't get this? You know, you can hear him saying, how is it you heard what I said? What's your problem? Well, he's, he found out because he lived here as a man. He knows what it's like to live on 11% of your brain power. He knows what it's like to, to live in a, a fleshly body that, that gets stinky after a few days of not washing it and uh, the, the troubles of eating and digestion and dealing with problems with with uh, interactive problems with friends and relationships and uh, he probably would see a woman and and have thoughts that he thought wow do you guys think like this all the time <laughs> yeah well we need to do something about this and uh so uh he, he was learning what it was like to get along in our physical bodies and um uh, I think after a while he understood, oh, I get it. I see why you don't understand any, anything I say. You can't hear my word. Now, this is much different than can't hear my speech. As a matter of fact, in his, in his question, he says, do you know why you can't hear what I say? Why you can't hear my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You're gonna, it is foundational for you to understand the scriptures that the scriptures are the scriptures, and the word of God is the word of God. All right, enough of that. Um, all right, he says, um, you both know me and know whence I am. As we left the progr program last time, uh, Jesus was saying, or, or the people were saying, um, uh, could this be the Christ? Because uh, we know we know this guy. He, he, his parents, and we know his brothers and his sisters, and, you know, he was at my house uh, fixing a door one time. He's a carpenter, isn't he? At least his dad was a carpenter. I know this guy. And when Christ comes, no man knows whence he is. 
Jesus is frustrated thinking, where did you learn that? Who told you that? Why do you believe that? Well, he finds out that, uh, that there are verbal instructions, so-called instructions of God, that the Jews taught people, and they had no trouble at all adding, trou- adding uh, uh, troublesome fences and uh, limitations around commandments, just inventing laws, inventing rules. Man, they were doing it all the time, and Jesus actually chided them for it one time. and says, well, you guys are good at making rules. You don't obey them, but you make rules, man, that are grievous to be borne by my people. They're having real difficulty living by your rules. Oh, I notice that you don't, but they try to because they think you have authority. Well, I'm here to bust all that. All right, so he says, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, about not knowing Christ when he comes. Sure, you're going to know me. You know me? And you know whence I am. You know where I came from, he says. And I'm not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and I am from him, and he that sent me, and he hath sent me. Um, Some suggested arresting him at once, but no one laid hands on him, because his hour had not yet arrived. Here we, again, we have this, uh, this term. We talked about it a few programs back. We were talking about him being invited to tabernacles, and he says, my time has not yet come. Uh, some people felt like, uh, and, and he said that to his mother about making wine. You remember that? M- a woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. Uh, And you're thinking, well, sure it has, Bubba. (laughs) What do you mean? You're out here doing doing your thing, raising the dead and doing all these miracles. What, is there there another hour coming? Well, I'm convinced that this term, that my hour has not yet come, is saying the time to do what it is you're saying that I should do has not come. And and I really think that... um, he knows that it hasn't come because he knows it's the instruction of the Lord. Um, if it's not the instruction of the Lord, it doesn't have a time appointed to it. So he wouldn't answer that way unless there was a time appointed to whatever it is they were telling him to do. Here he knew that he would be arrested and that he would be hauled before Pilate. And, and he was saying that that's not going to happen because I know when that's going to happen. Huh? Isn't that cool? <laughs> He's not the least bit worried. Do you know you can live like this? You can, you, you know, people can threaten that this is going to happen and that's going to happen, and you know within yourself, no, it ain't. It's not going to happen. There's things that have to happen before that. I know. I know. You can live that way. Um, the Pharisees heard Uh, that the people were saying such things about Jesus, they sent chief priests and officers to arrest them. Jesus said to them, Yet a little while I'm with you, and then I go to him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me. And where I am, thither you cannot come. (laughs) Where I'm going, you're not going to find me because you can't even get there. 
Then those who had come for him talked among themselves, saying, You know, I've heard people uh, be puzzled over Jesus telling his disciples uh, that because uh, they, they ask, oh, as we will read here, what does he mean when he says he's going to go someplace that we can't find him? I guess I should just continue reading and, and, and quit preaching, huh? All right, um, he says, um, Then those who had come for him talked among themselves, saying, Whither will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go into the dispersed among the Gentiles? Because they ain't going there. <laughs> and, and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this that he said, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me? Where I am, thither ye cannot come. On the last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I don't want to change the subject before I exhaust this one beforehand where he says, I'm going to go where you can't find me. Uh, where I'm going, you can't even come. There are people who have been confused about that and saying, why would he have said that to his disciples? He wasn't saying that to his disciples. He was saying that to the sycophants of the temple who were out there trying to see that he was going to get arrested, causing trouble. They were, they were the, uh, uh, the lackeys that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the church leadership had hired to go and try to ruin Jesus' life. And he was saying, look, guys, you need to understand who you're messing with here. If, if, you, if you take me by the arms and carry me off, it's because I am allowing it. I'm allowing it because my father allows it. Look, if you are not allowed to do that, it won't happen. I mean, this is exactly what he's saying. Now, it says that on the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, I am the water of life. I wish I understood more about this, but I've heard so many contradictory stories. I just, I can't really put together exactly what is going on, what went on, what was common and what was ritual. But the last great day of the feast, um, I understand there was a, a type of uh, water sacrifice that, was, uh, that the priest would make a line, actually a bucket brigade. I don't think that they passed the bucket. I think they walked them. But they would bring water to the temple, and this water would, would get poured on the altar. And uh, Jesus is likely standing off to the side, watching this going on. And he's thinking, hmm. Where did they learn to do that? <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand these people. Is this some kind of religious ritual? What's going on? Hey, guys, hey, let me tell you something. I am the water of life. You see, I don't know what you're trying to quench up there in the temple, but I can quench the thirst in your soul. This is Jesus almost taunting them, like Elijah on Mount Carmel. When he was watching them, uh, uh, you know, crying out to their God. Hey, there was some water carrying going on there, too. He would, 
He'd carrying water and soaking down the sacrifice, making it very difficult for it to light. We don't want this to spontaneously combust. We don't want anybody to think that there was a, you know, 12-year-old boy in here with a magnifying glass or a pack of matches. Uh, so, I mean, he soaks it down and makes it uh, as difficult as he, as he can for it to ignite. Well, here you have him. Here you have Jesus watching another water service going on. And he's saying that I am the water of life. He goes on to explain, Jesus spoke of the Spirit, which those who believed on him should receive. And many of his hearers said, of a truth, this man is a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? See, they said they knew where he came from. But the truth is, is that they didn't know that he was from Nazareth because he spent a lot of time in Galilee. Hath not the scripture said that uh, Christ cometh of the seed of David? He didn't know that he, uh, that his mother, uh, they didn't know that his mother was indeed of the seed of David. And out of the town of Bethlehem, where David was, and I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly the way it happened. But see, that's not what they understood. It's kind of like, uh, you know, people that they think John Denver is from Denver, Colorado, <laughs> or that he's always lived on a, you know, in a Rocky Mountain high place. Um, and they're surprised to find out where he actually was born. That his name's Diefendorfer. And <laughs> this can happen with famous people. Uh, they can get such a reputation that people think he's from Galilee, but he wasn't. So here's, a, here's an example of them getting a prophecy right and getting the facts wrong. A while ago we were talking about getting the prophecy wrong and the facts right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost comical if it wasn't for the fact that there are people who are doing without Christ today because we can't seem to work these things out. So he says there was a division among, uh, of the opinion among the people about Jesus. Some wanted to arrest him, yet no one laid hands on him. The officers who had been sent to take him went to the chief priests and the Pharisees, who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never a man spake like this man. The Pharisees replied, Are you also deceived? Have any of the other rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus, the ruler who had come to Jesus in the night, said, Doth our law judge any man before it hears him? And knows what he does? The others ask him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look. And, and, and for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. All right, so now they're arguing the position that the Messiah can't come out of Galilee when there was no position to be made that the, that the, that the uh, Messiah would come out of Galilee. And Jesus didn't come out of Galilee. 
This is like people that are arguing the three days and three nights thing. This is, they're arguing arguments that ought not be argued, that don't need to be argued. This is, this is like the church does with almost every doctrine they play with. They do this. They make false arguments and argue against them. They make false accusations and argue against them. You know, even the, the poor atheist and agnostic out there hates a God that doesn't even exist. I mean, when they say God doesn't exist, they're right. The one that they have been taught about, he really doesn't exist. They're mad at a God that never existed. They hate him because of everything they've been told about him. We do this all the time. We don't know what the argument is. We don't know what it isn't. We don't know how to argue against it. We don't know how to argue for it. This is, we are unbelievably ignorant in these areas. And here you've got this ignorance 2,000 years ago, and it doesn't look much different than it does today. Now we're going to talk about Jesus as uh, he tries to protect a, a woman accused of adultery. And we read the story, early in the morning Jesus went again into the temple and taught the many people who, had came, who, who came to him. The scribes and Pharisees brought before Jesus a woman who had been caught committing adultery. They say to him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what saith thou? Before we get into the story, a few things I want to point out. One, the man and the woman that were accused of adultery were to be stoned. But, well, the guy, uh, you know, we didn't catch him. Wait a minute. You just said you caught this woman in the very act? <laughs> and there was no guy there? Now, come on. Which is it, guys? Truth is that it was probably one of their friends. It, it likely could have been one of the Sanhedrin. Who knows? I mean, these guys do stick together, as we've all learned, haven't we? Um, but they decided, okay, we'll haul the woman in. The man, uh, he just, uh, he got away. Yeah, that's it. Um, so they, they dragged this woman in uh, and, and drop her in the street. And they say that, uh, he says, now we need, you, you need to know something, Jesus. This woman, this is not an accusation that's been put out. This is not somebody making an accusation. This is not even, you know, a... a, a uh, an innuendo that we're making. This is a very fact. We caught this going on in the very act of it going on. We saw this. So th there's no way to, you know, uh, to, to go in any kind of a defense here against the act itself. Now all we're dealing with is the punishment. Moses made the punishment very, very clear. Well, what's odd about this is, is that, you know, if it had been old Don instead of Jesus, <laughs> ooh, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> but if it had been me, I'd have said, uh, hmm, really? Well, then what are you doing here? Why aren't you doing what Moses said? If Moses made it that clear, and it's clearly a violation, then why aren't you doing what he told you to do? What are you doing here? Well, 
there really wasn't time for him to ask this question because the the Bible uh, says that when they said, now Moses told us exactly what to do, but what saith thou? Jesus' reputation had already, well, at least started to become established. That it didn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily so important what was written, who said it, or, or, or anything else. It, it was like, uh, you remember, well, there was a, another case where uh, the feast was going on and the, the, disciple, uh, the Pharisees looked at one another and said, what think ye? Will he come to the feast? Now see, that is just, a, I know you're not getting the, the impact of this, but nobody, but nobody missed the feast. You don't just come walking through Jerusalem on feast day and say, eh, I'm not going to keep the feast this year. <laughs> you're not going to do that. What think ye? Will he keep the feast? Will he come to the feast, they asked. Why would they even ask such a question? Here they say, Moses says exactly what to do, but what saith thou? He was getting a reputation that he was, there was not a religious bone in his body. There was not a book-worshipping, Bible-worshipping, Torah-worshipping bone in this guy's body. He was constantly going against what was seemingly very important to everybody around him, seemingly important to the, the Jewish leadership. Very, very important. Okay? Why isn't it important to him? I've said before, and uh, many people who appreciate the law misunderstand and get upset with me when I say this, if they'll give it 15 minutes thought, and just step out of their religion and their and their teaching for a little while, and um, I, I think that they'll come to the same conclusion I do, but they usually just get mad and run. And um, it is this: Jesus never obeyed the law. Jesus never obeyed Moses. Jesus obeyed his Father. Now, if you can understand this, what I'm saying to you, then you can understand what the Apostle Paul means when he says, he that is under the Spirit is no longer under the law. Now, when you obey the Father, you naturally obey the law. Here, they were starting to get that this guy is living on a different plane than we are. He's... He's out there in the ether somewhere. Somehow, what he does makes sense to him. It may not make sense to us, but it makes sense to him. So much so that they felt no compunction in saying, Moses said, you will do A, B, C. What do you say? There's also the idea, I, I just think that's neat. I can't help but grin. There's also the aspect of them saying, you know what, this guy's a bleeding heart liberal. 
and you know he, he's all you know flowers and he's just a hippie he's a he's a berkeley graduate <laughs> and uh and you know he just loves everybody and you see moses doesn't allow that all we have to do is is bring a judgment to him that is clearly judged in the old testament and and you'll see right away he's not obeying the law of moses you see that so what did jesus do well let's read he says um, uh, um the woman was taken in adultery in the very act now moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what sayest thou they hoped to tempt jesus so they might find something to accuse him of jesus acted as though he heard them not which by the way is really good advice for some of us and he stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground when the scribes and pharisees continued to press him with their questions he straightened up and spoke to them saying he that is without sin among you let him cast a stone at her and he stooped down and began writing on the ground when the scribes and Pharisees heard that what Jesus said, their own consciences convicted them, and they went away, one by one, beginning with the eldest. Finally, only Jesus and the woman remained. When he saw that they were alone, he said to her, Woman, where's all those folks out there that were accusing you? Has no man condemned you? She answered, no man, Lord. Thereupon, Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. It's interesting that the Pharisees, they said to him, And this is what Moses said to do. What do you say to do? You know what his answer was? Well, I say the same thing. Stoner. It's obvious. Stoner. Step right up. Anybody without sin, anybody who doesn't deserve a stone against the back of their own head, come over here. Stand right here. There she is. Take a whack at her. They had stones in their hands when he said this. The Bible says you could hear them dropping when they were leaving. Now that's, uh, that's an amazing thing. And here we are with Jesus <laughs> obeying the law for them showing them that if you obey the law you're going to have to do it in in the right way and that is judge righteous judgment and there's not a person here that can do it i can but i choose not to all right it's time for us to go thanks for thinking red ink for the last 28 minutes and 30 seconds we'll see you next time till then bye bye my friend You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. 
That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.